Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You know, there's a gift and a curse that comes along with your favorite team being good. Ticket prices go through the roof. Travel for away games seems impossible. And then where the heck are all the fans when you finally get to town? Well, Bills fans don't have to worry about that anymore. There's no better way to follow your Buffalo Bills on the road than with fans of Buffalo. Our packages make for hassle-free travel, all while getting access to exclusive events. From travel accommodations, Bills backers parties, catered tailgates, and game tickets, we take care of it all. Check us out at fansofbuffalo.com and book your next away game with the best. Statewide, nationwide, worldwide, once again, it is the phenomenon known as Line to Gain here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I am the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, and uh, we are one day late. We know that. We had a little <laughs> bit of issues yesterday. Not a problem, but we're back today uh, bringing you this week's, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about last week's big win at home, the home opener against the Raiders. We'll dive into the uh, Washington Redskins matchup a little bit. And in the last 15 minutes, we'll get into our college picks, and we'll talk about the world of college football as well. But we're here every week, usually on Wednesday nights yeah. at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. And um, Sarah, how you doing? I know you had a great time. Uh, you went from New York City. You jet set it over to the great city of Buffalo. Tell me about your trip. Tell me how the, uh, the uh, last couple of weeks I mean, opening weekend's always fun. Home opening weekend is – I mean, I shouldn't say that. Opening weekend's always fun. Home opener weekend's even better. Um, had a great time, of course. Loved the the dub. Absolutely loved the dub. Um, and looked we looked really good. Unfortunately, um, Monday with my flights being delayed and sitting at the airport, um, I already started feeling a little blah, and it just got worse over the last couple of days. So I've been struggling a little bit. Um, I actually have a black eye. You hopefully I have enough makeup on so you guys don't all see um my luggage fell on my face um you know it's wonderful when the the guy out of the overhead bin yeah it's it's fun when the guy next to you says oh hon let me get that for you okay thanks and then boom right on my face (laughs) so um i will never let anyone that that i don't know get my bag for me ever again (laughs) well i was hoping i was hoping you didn't partake in the recent trend in the nfl which is these ridiculous fan brawls that are going on in the stands. So I'm glad to know that at least you weren't 
a part of something like that. Yeah, not at home. I mean, when we were in New York, we, you know, it was that fun, you know, give and take a little bit. Um, but in the end, uh, you know, they were all giving us hell leaving, um, you know, leaving the stadium in Jersey. But, um, you know, when you can, when you give it, you got to be able to take it. So, you know, it was uh, laughs and jokes and, you know, and a good time. But at home, I mean, there was, and to be honest with you, I don't have any problems with Raiders fans. I haven't ever noticed, you know. Raiders fans are great. I actually, I thought some of the best atmospheres, they played twice, I think, while I was up there. And some of the best atmospheres, um, in the stadium or when the Raiders fans show up because they bring a, they bring an interesting cross section of America with them. A lot of times it's awful fun to look at, but that's just me. Anyway, oh, <laughs> uh, let's but just yeah, say so- when the Raiders showed up, let's just say that when the Raiders show up, a lot of the, the finer establishments across the border into Canada were probably shut down because they had nobody that was working, so to speak. All right. <laughs> I won't even go there. <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm just making observations, right? That's what we yeah. do on the show. But anyway, um, big win against the Raiders. What'd you take away from the game other than um we we had a quarterback that played the way he should play every week? Thought Josh Allen played a tremendous game, took what they gave him, no turnovers, protected the football, and um obviously it showed offensively. Uh, not only in the score, but just in production and the way they went about their business. I think it's kind of what we talked about last week. Um, When I slipped and almost, you know, F this, F that, Josh took what he was given and he listened to the offensive game plan. And he, you know, methodical, you know, methodically went down the field, these, you know, little, you know, six, seven, eight yard passes that no one thinks is all that fun. But then once in a while, you get a 30, 40 yard pass because, People aren't, they're not prepared for it. So we looked great. Josh looked great. Josh got offensive player of the week in the AFC because he looked so great. So I just feel like he needs, you know, to continue uh, to protect the ball, continue to do exactly what he did this past week. And hopefully Dorsey can, can start to build on whatever it was that he saw um, this past week and, and develop, I'm going to give Dorsey his props right now. He developed the perfect game plan for that game. So let's see if he can keep it going. I think that I think that this is the Bills offense. And, you know, after such a dismal first game, the way they played in, in New York, or I should say in Jersey, um, you know, if you look at stats and not talking about individual game stats, but I'm talking about stats after two games in the NFL, Josh is ranked the uh, 10th overall quarterback in the league. He's 60 to 78. Um, 510 yards passing. Um, he does have the three INTs, the interesting part, seven sacks. But, you know, he's sitting there at 10th. As an offense, the Bills are fifth overall in total offense. And, you know, last week didn't see – it's it's crazy. When you play efficient offense, it doesn't look like much, right? I mean, nothing went over the top. There were no circus plays. There's a couple of really good scramble plays. I thought the the one the one scramble – the pass that Josh made was was elite. But it's like when offense is really good and really efficient, fans get restless. Um, fans get chippy because it's boring, right? And, you know, right now, uh, you know, offensive production, uh, Diggs is 13th overall in the league, Gabe Davis 27th. The number that I want to see change, and and obviously we hope to see a change over the, 
the course of the season is Kincaid sitting at 75th overall and receiving 10 catches, 69 yards. But I just – I really like what they're doing offensively. It just reminds me of kind of a West Coast feel. And I think as teams start getting impatient with allowing the Bills to, to complete so many passes underneath, they're going to start taking chances. As long as we give Josh time uh, up front is when you're going to start seeing Diggs making the big plays over top. So I think that game went about as good as it could after the New York Jets debacle right. the week before. Yeah, and I mean, and even if you look at overall um, stats right now, um, we're comparing two weeks, and the weeks were completely – different weeks I mean they were right. like you couldn't have gotten worse on one and better on the other so you know his three turnovers all from week one um his uh the sacks I th- you said I think it was seven sacks five of them were from the Jets game so right. um I'm looking at it at this point in time and saying you know let's keep it going um I think the commanders are 2-0 and I think it's going to be a a good test um they have a very good running game they have, you know, uh, two very good wide receivers, kind of just like what we just saw, um, and, a, and a good defense. Um, obviously, their defense isn't exactly where they had expected them to be um, over the last couple of years, but um, it's going to be a challenge, uh, which is good because we need another challenge before heading, um, you know, back home to take on uh, the Dolphins. In two right. Weeks. Well, think about this, though, Sarah. I mean, you talk about the commanders in that game coming up. Um this is a team that's good. I mean, they play really good. And you talked about their running game and stuff. Their their defense leads the NFL in negative plays created, okay? So out of 120 snaps this season, uh, 21 of their plays have resulted in negative yardage, okay? So that's a clip of 17.5%. And when you look at, you know, right now, the defense that everybody talks about in the NFL is who? It's the Cowboys, right? Micah Parsons and the amount of big plays they're making. They're second in the league at 15.3. So almost 2% or over 2% more as far as negative plays created by this Washington defense. This is a tough game. It's always been tough. Historically, it's been tough for the Bills to play in Washington for some reason. We had tough games down there. The Bills have had tough games recently down there. Um, you know, it's it's something that's tough for them, I believe. But one thing is, isn't I think Stefan, I think Stefan Diggs might be from that area if I'm not yeah he's from down in that area so I'm sure he'll have a big crowd of people there also probably sad but motivated with the news coming out of Dallas today that his brother suffered the season-ending ACL injury but um training at at, 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 um practice I hate that I absolutely hate it non-contact injury at practice I know you know and I want to talk about that I I know I'm not saying that but I wanted to and a little bit but I want to talk a little bit about that because last week, and and I know we want to talk more about this win against the Raiders, break that down. We'll talk a little bit more about the commanders before we get into our college football segment with 15 minutes left in the show. But, you know, if you looked at the catastrophic injuries last week in the NFL, they took place on grass. Um, There's been a huge push to, to have all grass fields. It's a safer field. And we had just as many injuries on grass last week as we had it on turf. And I just think that, it's it's the realization that this is there's a lot of factors happening in injuries right now. One is it's a violent game played by violent adults, okay? And I guess that goes into that whole thing. It's a part of the game, but uh, it's just it's a violent game. Um, the second thing is is that we don't rest anymore as players. Um, I heard something today that was really really funny. It was a cool segment that we were talking that they were making this comment about 
players training and practicing year round now, as opposed to where they used to have time off. And a guy was talking about remembering going to a car dealership to buy a car and his car salesman was none other than Bob Greasy. And back in the day when they weren't making that kind of money. And I remember Eli Pitts, the lady Eli Pitts, who was our running backs coach back when Marv was the head coach of the bills would tell us stories about how the morning after the Monday morning after the season was over, he would get a bus or whatever and go downtown and he would walk to this, I believe it was a box factory and he'd start his job for the off season. And the reason training camps were so rigorous back then was because they had to get the guys all back in shape because they were working all off season to make money for their families. Nowadays, we don't do that. And we take all this year round training and no rest and we compile it with just massive amounts of physical training by these players to where we are now taking the limits of what our bodies can do above and beyond what they were made for. Um, it's just bound to happen. Um, at some point, um, there has to be a, I don't know what, I don't, I don't think you say the white flag is, is waved, but there has to be something as far as the off season that allows these guys to get away, to mentally rest, to rest their bodies and just be able to be for a while. And it seems like as the money's increased and, you know, the stakes have increased. We've, we've gone away from that. So I've always believed that the body only has so many reps in it. And uh, unfortunately Diggs, uh, Terrell Diggs found his, his limit today. And that's a sad story, but hopefully he'll be back next year and ready to roll. Right. I want to talk about that a little bit more because I do want to talk about some of the off season stuff with Josh, but uh, one let's, let's take a break and uh, get this ad in and then we'll talk about it when we come back. Imagine waking up to a world that's as clear as your dreams. With Zeiss Smile technology, this is your reality. At Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, our mission is your vision. Conducted by a team of expert surgeons leveraging leading-edge technology, our procedure is safeguarded, swift, and tailored to your eye care needs. Say goodbye to the limits of glasses or contacts. Embrace a world where your vision keeps pace with your life's aspirations. Contact us today at 800-309-2020 or visit us online at ficta.com. At Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L- 
V-A-N-29.com. I'm laughing, by the way, because uh, John did that take in like two, like literally two takes. He did the the, the ad thing. And right. It took me about 27 to get mine down. So um, <laughs> I don't know how he does it so perfectly, but he got it done in literally two takes. So Well, he's not um, a perfectionist, probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I mean, it came out pretty darn perfect. Um, you'll never it hear me play. Good. You'll never hear me play mine in uh in our show. So they could play it in other shows. I don't want to hear my own voice over it. But anyways, I wanted to to comment a little bit about what you said because over the summer, um, over the off season, there was a lot of comments about, you know, Josh is playing golf again, or Josh is on a vacation with his girlfriend again, yeah. or Josh is doing like Josh is going out to dinner. Um, what happened to the Josh that was, you know, constantly working out? And then, you know, obviously the quarterback show came out and, you know, why can't Josh be like Mahomes and always working out? Like, well, maybe he is, but not always on camera. <laughs> like, You know, like we don't know what's going on for the other, you know, 23 hours of these people's day. Um, how do you feel about, you know, fans putting a certain expectation on uh, on players to um, to focus throughout the entire year? The only um, the only way I can put this there is to quote the great Meek Mill. And the great Meek Mill says in the song, uh, dreams and nightmares, gangsters move in silence. And I don't even, I don't even talk a lot. Um, I think that, um, I think it's awesome that he does what he does. Um, you don't see what he's doing in the morning. You don't see what right. he's doing before noon. Nobody knows what that guy's doing. And has anybody seen him walking to training camp, 40 pounds heavy? With a beer gut? No, they haven't. I mean, Josh is <laughs> Josh is in tremendous shape. He's always his arm is always in shape, ready to go. He's never having to take practices off because he's got a sore elbow. Um, you know, it's I'm it, it it's it's almost it's like we we have to find something to bitch about, right? Because if we're not complaining about something, we're not happy as a society. So we have to find something to complain about, and I think it's it's. It's interesting that when I was in the league, you could go home, you could train, you came back a couple times for for OTAs, and then you came back for training camp. Then there was this huge push by, and it started, Sarah, when the college guys started getting the NFL jobs because they wanted to run things like the colleges, which is they had their thumb on every player at all time, every waking minute of the day. So you didn't go home you stayed in the NFL city or you went home for maybe a few weeks and then they brought you back and you trained in the facility and you trained in the, and I, I mean, I go back to when the failed experiment of when Chip Kelly became the head coach in Philadelphia. And I laugh because I, 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 I watched and listened to what he was trying to do with these guys. You know, he's trying to make Jason Peters who's played in the league for how many years? I mean, he's played in the league, it seems like Same for my, right for like my entire like, life, yeah. right? <laughs> and he's trying to make Jason Peters wear a sleep monitor and check in his sleep monitor weekly so they can regulate his sleep habits. Jason Peters got to the league because of two things, what God gave him and what he's doing to get ready to play, not from yeah. a sleep monitor. You can't do that with adults. So I think it's cool now that a lot of these organizations have decided to allow guys to go back to doing their own thing because the money that they're making and i know Diggs is one of them they hire tremendous trainers 
and they work their tails off all off season. So why not get up in the morning, bust my butt, and then if I have the luxury of living in Miami or wherever, going to the beach or playing golf or hell playing pickleball or hanging I out can my tell family. You it doesn't happen as often as you would hope. You know. <laughs> It's just like I live here and it doesn't happen as much as you hope. Right, but you but you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah. why do why do these guys have to put that stuff out there? They 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 live private right. lives and be private. I mean, you know, don't let people know what you're doing. Not to change up the conversation too much, but just everyone just to a reminder, it is Thursday night. So if you haven't set your lineups and if you haven't set your games, make sure you do that because the first game starts at 8 15. Um I just got two alerts that two of my starters are are now out tonight. So, mm. um, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I was like looking down a lot. If anyone's that, if to, anyone's we need to end the show so you can switch the <laughs> line up real quick. No, I'm good. I did it. I I switched it out. So hopefully well, the game I... will be uh, hosted by me the rest of the night. Yeah. As Sarah has to make Sarah a trade real fo- fast. Needs to focus on <laughs> fantasy. No. Um, what was you know? Here's something that I thought was that I I wanted to touch on from last week after two games, and and I wanted to touch on uh, with this Raiders game and the thing that I think is, uh, you know, there's areas we need to work on. Obviously, um, I do think that it's interesting. We I think we have only three sacks through two games, um, and I don't necessarily believe it's just the Von Miller factor. Um, we have good players up front. I know Floyd sat out uh, yesterday. He was limited today along with Micah Hyde in practice. He was a little banged up, but he's a tremendous pass rusher. We have pass rushers. Um, is it interesting that we only have three? I have my reasons, um, but I was going to ask you first, is that of concern having three sacks through two games, especially um, against a Jets O-line that wasn't very good? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know it was – only three because I thought we had three against the Jets. So because Floyd had one and a half and then Russo, I believe, had a half and someone else had one. So are you sure that they didn't update? Didn't we have a sack last week? Well, I'll just I'll read this to you. So and this okay. is where so, this is where I could I be speak. wrong. But right. In doing research, it says Montez Sweat, who plays for the Re- the the commanders. I almost use the old name. Um Leads Washington's defense with three sacks through two games. Buffalo's entire defense has three sacks through two games. Washington's defense has 10 sacks through two games, including one and a half sack performance last week from Chase Young. Um, yeah, we didn't have any sacks last week. I just looked yeah. against the Raiders. Right. Um, Floyd had that one big pressure, but he didn't get it. He didn't get him down on the ground. Is that right. a concern? And I have I have a reason. I, I have a reason what I think it is. But I kind of wanted your. So I was, I, I'm going to go kind of twofold um, on this one, and it's going to be the easy way out. Um, I would have said yes, it's a major concern if we didn't have also six tackles for a loss. And yes, I just looked it up, so, <laughs> so I had the numbers in front of me. I just didn't memorize that. Um, and if you think about it, we held last week. We held Josh Jacobs to negative rushing yards. Right. Negative rushing yards, like. To me, we were more focused on on that aspect, um, and I think that that's fine as long as we're still getting pressure, um, because you know we still Garoppolo still didn't look comfortable. Um, I mean, right. he he had a couple of good throws, but he didn't look comfortable. Um, so yes, it's concerning maybe against someone a, a, another team, 
but I think that the defense played so well that I'm not necessarily concerned because if you look at it, we got three sacks against the Jets and lost, and then we looked amazing against the Raiders and got no sacks. All right, so I'm going to put this up real quick. Um, Roy says – or I'm sorry, that was the wrong one. So Roy says this, I believe I heard that they have been blitzing much. Maybe there's a reason why there's minimal sacks. Actually, Roy, it's the opposite, okay? Here's what happens because McDermott does like the blitz. And here's what ha- – and, and especially a blitz kind of a defense coordinator is going to heat things up when it's third down in passing situations. Here's the problem with that for defensive linemen. When you bring pressure on a, on a blitz, okay, when you bring pressure, that then makes the defensive linemen rush in specific lanes. They don't have a two-way go anymore because when you have guys blitzing, they're blitzing specific gaps, which means your defensive line has to stay in the other gaps so that your gap sound. Even on a rush, they do that. So I think a little bit of that has to do with McDermott heating things up. He did bring some pressure last week um, and does like to bring pressure in passing situations, especially with, uh, I think, third and 10 or more. Um, so I think that has a little bit to do with it. When an offensive lineman doesn't have to worry about a two-way go, it's a little bit easier for him to pass pro than it is if he's got to worry about a guy going inside or out. So that might have contributed to some of that. But, um, you know, hopefully this week we can heat things up a little bit more. I, I for one, like to see the quarterback pressured. I, You can't let an NFL, especially like a Sam Howe that can spin it. I mean, I know he's out of nowhere. But he can spin the ball. He's yeah. a good passer. I mean, it's, football. he's in a second year. I think right. we will pressure him because let's see how he can handle it. Right. So I think we will definitely blitz more um, this week. Uh, but, but we see, also have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to the fact they have Brian Robinson. They and then um, you know they have Dotson and um, and uh, oh my God, the other wide receiver that's even better than Dotson. I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um, I don't, but, yeah, but I, so, I don't, but I don't think that, you know, when you talk about the stop at Josh Jacobs last week, we didn't do anything out of the ordinary to stop the run. We just played well and stopped the run. Um, especially when you had Ed Oliver with a ton of penetration on first and second down getting upfield. And, you know, it was, it was just, it was not like we went out and blitzed on rundowns very much. I think it was just the guys played well, you know? Yeah. I think that they they did, you know, that I think that in the end that's a the thing. They played well. I so I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with the fact that we didn't have any sacks last week. I think okay. that if we can play that well without sacks and we get the W, that's all that matters to me. In the end, that's what the the W matters. Um I'm not going to say it's the only thing that matters because we talked about that last year where we were 13 and 3. Um but we didn't look the part going into the into the postseason, unfortunately. So um, obviously the W's matter to get there, um, but figuring it out along the way also matters. Um, but you know, we we have a little time. Um, I was I will say I was impressed with how Bernard played. I think he did a lot better this past week than he did the first week. Um, for those of you who don't know or don't follow Twitter. Or Buffalo or like, you know, the Bills, um, the Bills site in their app and all that other stuff. Uh, Kirksey decided to retire today. Um, mm-hmm. So we were all very excited to have Kirksey on our practice squad. And most of us thought he'd be 
um, starting by, you know, by week three, because we just figured two weeks for him to get acclimated. Um, and then he, he decided to retire. So either he was told, um, that they were going to bring him up and he did, he decided he didn't want to, or they told him that they weren't going to bring him up. Um, and he, you know, realized that he didn't want to be on a practice squad. Um, I don't know what the, the exact answer is, but we no longer have that option. Um, but we did re-sign AJ, uh, AJ Klein to the practice squad. Right. And Bernard, um, tackle wise, um, defensively, he's rated 29th in the league, 17 total tackles over two games. Milano is 87th with 12 tackles, but he does have the two big picks. And, um, the guy, I don't think you're, I don't think you're praising Matt Milano for the number of tackles he has. You're praising Matt Milano for the big plays he has, the splash plays. The guy is, every more and more I watch him, he's really special. I mean, and he is just tailor made for today's style of football. And I think that he just, Eric gets Bian, if, if yeah. you guys haven't heard, you should definitely go on uh, Twitter or whatever to, um, to look it up. Um, Eric Bianami just literally went off about Milano for like 30 seconds. just about how great of a player he is, you know, how, um, you know, how truly wonderful, um, he is to be around just, just went off. Um, you, you don't hear other coaches talk about a player, um, that, that meaningfully, um, without like, sometimes you're just like, okay, they're blowing smoke. Yeah. They really no, there, that wasn't. That was not, he, um, he really seemed to have an appreciation for him, um, which, you know, makes, I think it makes us all feel good because some, a lot of us were like, okay, well, we gave Milano the, um, the extension, we gave Ed Oliver the extension, um, and we let Edmonds go. Did we give the right people the extensions? Um, I'm still not, I'm still not hundred percent sure on the, um, you know, giving it to Oliver over Edmonds, um, but I will say Oliver has not disappointed me at all yet this this season. I think he's played well. Um, I don't know if it's sixteen million dollars well yet. I haven't really um, you know really broke it down. But um, to me, he's he's played he's played fine. He's played a lot better than he did last year. So I'm I'm okay with. Ed. So I think it comes down to what are you a fan of? Are you a fan of the team? Or are you a fan of individual players? Right. I think that if you're an individual player fan and you you were a Edmonds fan, of course you'd want to pay him. I think he's rated right now fourth or fifth total in the league in tackles. But that's what he does. I mean, he's done that his whole entire career in, in Buffalo. That does not correlate necessarily to wins or success or what they're trying to do. And when you're trying to pay people, obviously somebody has to go. They decided that it was that it was Edmonds. But I have no problem with Bernard. I think Bernard's going to get better and better every week. I think he's going to get more and more comfortable. Um, I also think it's a big reason why Kirksey probably retired because he he's in that room watching. I mean, he's been in the league long enough. He he's he knows. I'm what just good not ready is. to. I'm not ready to crown Bernard yet. Like no, but that and that's fine. I we'll I mean see. I mean that's fine. That's 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 what it means to be a fan. I mean, uh, but I'm just looking at. I think I look at it more as a team thing as opposed to, you know, individuals, because like, for instance, there's a lot of fans of, of the guys that are in our secondary. I thought our secondary looked old on Sunday. It's showing its age. Um, you know, 
and it's going to be something that we're going to really have to monitor. Elam being on the inactive for the second week in a row is not something that I feel is right. is good for this football team, especially with the fact that because is aren't they admitting with Elam being on the, the inactive that the guy that everybody's been trying to run off for years and Dane Jackson is actually better than the guy that was our first round pick last year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Potentially, but it, they could also just be there. There's a part of me that feels like they might be stuck into not giving Elam that chance. Um, or he's just not fitting in with the the style of defense that I thought that with McDermott calling um, the defense this year, that that we would be more man coverage and Elam would be playing more just because that that's his strength. Um, I, I, I look, actually agree with you 100%. I thought the same exact thing. So I've been completely and totally surprised. And that has nothing against um, yeah. uh, Benford. I think Benford has played terrific. Um, I think Dane Jackson has played, you know, decent. Um, White, I think, played better this week than he played the, the first week. The first week, no one it seemed like no one wanted to tackle. Um, his coverage was decent, though. Um, I would say, though... Between when you said that they, that they seem older, they're you know like their age is showing. I I saw it more week one than I did week two, um, except for the first um, the first drive. Obviously, the scoring drive right. of week two um, it was I was nervous after you know the Raiders pretty much you know um, you know took it down the field and scored. I was like, oh god, this is not going to happen. Um, but I think that they they played well throughout most of the rest of the game. Um, but, you know, it, I have to go back and forth and say, you know, is it they played well because the offense was doing so well, so it didn't matter as much. So it, it really, you know, it, it's going to take a moment to, to really see um, when we who we play, whether or not these guys um, have lost a step or not. And I don't want to believe that they have. Um, you know, I, I think, think that, that we... game. Yeah, I think the game last week, Sarah, helped our defense, our secondary, especially our safeties, because with us getting up big quick, it kind of took and 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 the D in the front seven shutting down the run, it kind of took that need for those safeties to be coming downhill and making a bunch of tackles out of the equation. It turned into a seven on seven match, right? The, the Raiders trying mm-hmm. to catch up, so a little bit of wear and tear was kept off of them last week. But you know, right now, if I look at our defense and it seems like 90% of the people that talk about the bills and, and create content and the media, the focus is always upon the guy at the middle linebacker spot. I don't think Bernard is our biggest issue. We better hope to God we stay healthy in, in the safety spot. I thought Rupp was, I, 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 I know you've been praising him for a long time. That signing, I can see now why you were. Um, and that, you know, I'm ta- uh, what's Rupp's first name? Rap. Taylor a rap, rap, not rap, rap, Teddy. Yeah, rap. I'm sorry, I said rap. I meant rap. 
Um, I he's a hammer. I kind of like him. Uh, the fact. But see, that now they, I thought he played terrible the first game. It was this second game. I think he played well. Right. So I actually am feeling to the part where if if Micah can't go this weekend, don't push him. We need him for the Miami game. So sit him. Let Rap come in and, and start this game. And it might actually be good for him to you know to get some extra reps in. Um, but yeah, I'm a little nervous. Uh, you know because I. You know, well, when you have gambling. receivers going out of their way three or four days after a game commenting on a, a guy that was quote unquote supposedly out of control, um, I'm all about it, man. I, I, I that's how I like say I like my safeties to roll up and just demolish people. So I don't know. I just think that that's our probably that's my one area that I get really nerved up on is our safety help. And And, we were supposed to be that, that was supposed to be our deepest, you know, area. If you think about between, you know, defensive backs between corner and and safety, we had so many people. We were like, who do we even, who do we even cut? And now I'm nervous, you know, um, if, if too many people go out, Hamlin was inactive again, um, which I have a feeling he, he probably will continue to be um, for a little bit. Um, So, you know, we have to see what, I would like to see um, Hyde possibly take the week off um, so he can really get better. And then we're not worried about him, you know, week 10 that, you know, his hamstring is still bothering him or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, someone just put in the um, the comments the that Trayvon Diggs with a possible ACL tear, it has been confirmed. They did the MRI. He is out for the season. Um, spin 0481 put it. Um, but yeah, he's out for the season. So Dallas might actually be looking for, um, for, you know, some depth. Um, so, you know, they could be looking either at their, um, practice squad or to go out and trade. Um, so some people have already started, you know, those rumors, uh, we'll see what happens there. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick before we get into our college segment in a few minutes. I want to draw. I want to. I want to talk about this one last deal, and one of the more interesting points of this past game against the Raiders. Before we put it to bed and get ready to play Washington uh, Commanders this week, Spencer Brown. There was no input in in fan comments, in media comments, and anything else about Spencer Brown this past week. Some felt he played a much better game and he was he played well. Others were like he was still ineffective. Um, lucky the ball got out and all that stuff. I believe that he did play better, but I also believe, and this is another sign why well, I believe more in Dorsey than I think a lot of people do. I mean, Dorsey game playing that game so well. He had a tight end or running back most of the time helping Spencer Brown that entire game. Um, instead of sitting there beating your head in the ground, trying to wait for it to happen, he just said, you know what, Spencer, we're going to give you help. We're going to chip. We're going to keep the tight end in. They ran a lot of drag stuff like going inside on to be and then drag the tight ends out to the flat, which was built into the plays. I thought if you really want to talk about it, yeah, Brown did play better this week. But I think Dorsey did a tremendous job of helping him play better this week. I agree. I um I think I think he did play better though. Um, he actually had a lot to say about Jonathan. Um, uh, I can't think of his last name right now. Um, starts with a K. 
Kingsley, isn't that it? Yeah. Um, so he had yeah. a lot to say about him, um, kind of prepping him during, during the week, uh, to take on, you right. know, Crosby. Um, so, you know, I think that he did play better, but I did notice we were, you know, consistently, um, you know, we consistently had two tight ends out there or Reggie was out there. Um, so it was one of those, those games where, yeah, I think he was given the help that was needed. Um, I have to say Torrance being next to him is probably helping because there was um, a couple of, when I watched the replay, there was a couple of plays where if it wasn't for the fact that, that Torrance moved over and, and, and brought help. Well, yeah. Um, that's also built in. Sacked. Yeah. And that's built into it. That's gap scheme stuff, slide yep. protection stuff where Spencer knows if his guy goes inside, he's got Torrance sitting there waiting to help him. But finally Triggs, you did it for me. Thank you. You finally brought up the guy that I wanted to talk about because I am the I am the the leader of the Gabe Davis fan club. I'm going to contact Gabe and tell him I'm my my self appointed leader. I don't know. I don't know if you're the leader because if you want to get on, consistency, Gabe right now is 27th in the league in receiving eight catches, eleven to, on eleven targets, 124 yards, and a touchdown. If anybody has anything negative Contract to say about year, Gabe man. Davis and his play. Contract year. <laughs> who cares? No, I'm saying it does wonders. Contract year. Every it's time somebody thing. plays well does not necessarily mean it's a contract year. No, I'm saying that he has motivation uh, to play well. Um in last year? I think our whole team kind of dipped off at times. But regardless, I have said if – if Gabe plays consistently, we are all going to be up in arms and ha and happy and celebrating him. I am right now happy and celebrating him. I have said nothing poor about Gabe. I actually tweeted out during the game that Gabe looks high. I was like, all right, come on, Gabe. Um, and then he actually even played better throughout the rest of the game. I want to so change. I want to change the to meme. I want to change the to meme. That, that that's my wide receiver number two. That's my wide receiver. <laughs> That's I'm not going there yet, um, but but um, Jeremy Poirier, he actually might be on the number one uh, train there because he literally said yesterday that he believes that Gabe is going to have the second best wide receiver to um, year this year behind Waddle and ahead of T Higgins. So, uh why do we need a wide receiver number two anyway? What do you mean, because, why? Because right now, 28% of all of Buffalo's receptions, okay, and 26% of all Buffalo's targets in the past game go through Mr. Diggs. So why do I you need every, another one? But then once they start, you know, doubling Diggs. I'm being, and, like, I'm being facetious. Oh, you're being facetious. Okay, I was like – Jerry, you're why but are seriously, you seriously? I mean, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious that we're, you know, I always laugh about everybody that still likes to bring up the whole bromance thing between him and the quarterback. But yeah, it's obvious that the offense is still going through digs and is going to go through digs. But Gabe Davis has played well, and Roy's another one. Roy, Roy, Roy always is. A, he's a boo boo bird too. He always has negative things to say. Say what you want about Gabe, and he's not a pre precise route runner. 
He got pointed out one time for not running a precise route at the Jets. And actually, one time, and now he's actually, the worst route runner in the league. Get out of here. A lot of people have said that he has a limited route tree, but people are actually saying he's doing better um, this year with what he's been given. So, and that his route tree is expanding. Um, but again, I don't, I don't care about any of all, you know, any of that as long as he, I mean, he needs to figure out a way to get open, obviously, but if he can make some of those catches that he made, um, this past weekend, whether he was open or not, um, he actually saved Josh on two passes, um, that could have ended up being, you know, in the wrong spot, but you know, I think it was a little bit between Josh and, and Gabe, they, you know, it worked. Um, So Gabe, I, again, is, Gabe is the chosen guy. I am not going to pick on everybody. Gabe until he No, needs, no, just all you have to do is look at the comments. We, oh, we I got know. just look at the comments. I mean, we've got Mike Holmgren. Um, we've got, you know, Andy Reid. We've got, you know, the greatest offensive minds commenting. And it's all Gabe Davis's <laughs> fault. Damn. Everything's Gabe Davis's fault. <laughs> the sun as didn't we, come up in the morning. As we lose viewership, Jerry just called me a name. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe ran the wrong route. Gabe ran the wrong oh. route. That's that's why the sun didn't come up. Seriously, seriously. I mean, what more do you want? The guy's out there producing. He's scoring touchdowns, and it's hey. still not good enough. Well, I gave it, my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. All I'm saying is, I'm still not ready to sign him to a long term contract, though. I want. I didn't see say I was. I didn't video. say I was either. I'm just happy he's out there producing and playing well. And it just gives me something to have fun about with our, with our listeners and our friends that ch- ch- tune in every week. But every time he catches a ball, mm. I text the same thing. Hell yeah, Gabe Davis. Hashtag wide receiver number two. Every time. The only um, thing I text more than that is when I, when I crush Texas Tech fans when they lose. But um, <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, so it's time for our college football segment, folks. This college football segment is brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. And um, here's what you need to know about <laughs> Picasso's. so funny. <laughs> hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. So so, I want to just post this before we move on. Yeah, that one's good. Roy, that's funny. That's funny. So after every after Jerry called everybody out in our last segment, Roy just said, I want to be the enemy, if that's okay with Jerry. So go ahead and watch the other segment so that when you watch this, you understand what <laughs> I'm talking about. But that's funny. <laughs> I don't know who I'd want to be. I don't know who I'd want to be. But my starting wide receiver, my, my number one would probably be Gabe Davis, I bet. You're number one? What? 
I love it. <laughs> you're crazy. You, you, you're too easy. You're crazy. All right. Mm. So I can't wait for the game where he does run like three bad routes and we got bad and I'm going to get blistered. But that's okay. I've got broad shoulders. <laughs> I can handle it. All right. College football. So we we talked about it a little bit last week that we're going to get a little bit more into college football the last 15 minutes uh, every week. There's, you know, there's not a lot to talk about in the beginning of the season, um, but, you know, but there was this week. So uh, we definitely want to kind of hit on a couple of things. Um, I wanted to first open it up um, by saying Colorado. Um, a lot of people that don't watch college football watch that game. Um, there was a little bit of controversy with uh, the Colorado State player hitting um, a Colorado uh, player a little bit late. Um, and in the end, there ended up being some uh, death threats and ridiculousness, um, you know, surfing the the interwebs. Um, it's football. And and I know that um, that Jer and, and Spence talked about it last night. Um, I was just helping out Jer cut up a couple of clips and it reminded me about it a little bit. It is football. Um, Yes, we hate dirty plays. We hate late plays, especially if someone gets hurt. Um, But literally Hunter himself said it was a football, like, let it go. So Dion went up there, said, let it go. So um, I hope everyone moves forward with it. Um, Right now, uh, top 25 so we got you know georgia um you know sitting at number one i think they're going to sit there for a little while i don't think that the same georgia team is uh as we've seen over the last couple of years um but right now i don't think anyone's really um you know gonna unseat them uh michigan's look good i will give michigan their props i'm waiting for for daryl to say something (laughs) um Texas. Uh, I am actually very, very, very surprised that Texas um, is doing so well after losing, you know, Bijan. Um, you know, it's it's. I'm you know pretty impressed by what they've been doing. FSU. Um, you know, I, I it pains me to say anything nice about FSU, but they. I actually I, I on Facebook because all my friends um, are are either they're either Gators or they're Knowles. Um, I was like, you know, FSU doesn't suck. That's the best as I can do for, for that. Um, but going through quickly, I think Washington, the university of Washington still looks really good. Ohio state. It's kind of where my, my head's at with Georgia. I just don't feel like they're quite the same team. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out the quarterback a little bit. My hurricanes won again, we moved up a little bit. So we're 20. So congratulations to my Hurricanes. And what's really surprising to me is um, the Gators, who looked absolutely terrible opening up um, the season, uh, just beat Tennessee, and they are now ranked 25th. Um, First of all, the Colorado deal, um, yes, was it – it was a bit borderline. It was a football play. It wasn't necessarily cheap. Um, those things happen. What's going on in college sports with, with the death threats. And then you've got the fights in the stands and people dying and this, it's just stupid. I mean, it's dumb. It's, it's the, it's, it's, it's asinine what's going on. And I really hope that the NFL and college football, college athletics really start putting down penalties 
that set examples and make people think um, before they do ignorant stuff like they've been doing because it needs to change and it's not right for families to go to games and I've got kid, my kids next to me and they got to watch a guy get knocked unconscious and then he ends up having a health episode and dies. That's not why you go to games and it's wrong and it needs to change. But as far as the top 25 goes, I can attest number eight, number 16 are really good because <laughs> my son played both of them in back-to-back weeks. And, and Washington has a Heisman candidate quarterback in Penix. He's a first-round draft pick guy. Um, he doesn't get hit. He got hit four times last year. He hasn't been hit much this year. Um, Tongue-in-cheek, my son got him the first play of the game when they played him, and it was a roughing the penalty, but roughing the passer penalty, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was close. He was just setting the tone. It was the first play of the game. There you go. Just like his dad taught him all these years. But, no, seriously, they're a really good team. Penix is good. They got draft picks at wide out. Um, OU is tremendous. I haven't seen team speed like they have right now in a long time in Norman. They are fast. Now, I still think they have some weak areas. I still think they're going to have some problems with some teams that can match up and that are also a little more physical. But they're for real, too. But the thing that I look at in this in the top ten, anyway, is that I still don't know about Texas. We'll find out about Texas in three weeks because that's when they play the Red River uh, rivalry against OU down in the Cotton Bowl. Um, OU's got Cincinnati this week, first Big 12 game for uh, Cincinnati. Then they play at Iowa State, which is or at home against Iowa State, which is having all kinds of problems. Matt Campbell's reeling, had the big gambling, uh, the big gambling uh, controversy and has lost all his good players and he's losing it. But the thing that I look at in these teams, I don't see. I don't know if if Texas is physical or not. I think Florida can be physical. I think that or Florida State can be physical. I showed some of that. They showed some grit and winning some close games. SC is as soft as Charmin. They that are defense. exactly they are exactly like their head coach, soft. Who actually um, he uh, dismissed a reporter for two weeks put him on two weeks of uh, whatever you call it, probation or whatever for contacting players, not in a press so conference or something. Quickly. I have a question about that. Do you, well, about uh, USC, do you feel that they are only giving them credit and putting them in the top 10 because of their quarterback and the fact that everyone thinks he's going to, you know, yeah, they're, they're team? a Lincoln, they're a Lincoln Riley team. They're going to play tremendously on uh, tremendous on offense with the quarterback. They've got athletes, but they're soft. They he builds a soft program. It is a rah rah style of football. It's all you know, ring know, bells. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of college teams that are good on offense and bad right. on defense. No, you're and they're yes, not ranked I do in believe, the top. I do they're not ranked Caleb in the top does. five. I do believe Caleb Williams has a lot of that. Yes, I do. I think Caleb Williams is a big reason why they're probably five. But I think they're soft. I think they'll get beat. Do I think they'll get beat against teams that they match up with that can play? You know. You know, other teams that maybe are not, you know, quite as tough, probably not. But I think when they play the the tough teams like Notre Dame, possibly Oregon, Utah, for instance, those teams are going to hit them in the mouth. I don't right. trust SC to hit back. I just don't see it. Oregon, you're going to find it a lot this week. I know in our picks, Sarah, that was one of our games. I picked Oregon to win outright. Um, they're laying 21. I picked Oregon. 
I think uh, it's going to be a tall task for Colorado, especially after yeah. the emotional type of game that they had this past week. I'm going to um, actually throw that up right now. Um, our I, think, picks. I think Penn State soft. Um, Penn State is always good to lose one or two games they shouldn't lose and then play good against the good teams. I think we'll learn about Ohio State this week uh, playing Notre Dame. Huge matchup. I'm excited to watch that game. Um, I love the head coach of Notre Dame, Hamilton. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I do like him, and I like what they bring to the table. So um, it will be interesting. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll run through mine. Um, and Ronnie is part of the the Mafia cast. He wanted to to partake in it as well, so um, he actually signed up. If you guys want to sign up, the link is uh, under um, Line to Gains Twitter. Um, go ahead, sign up, and you know just start every week with us and uh, and and make your picks. We I pick 10, 10 games randomly, um, and then we go from there. I, I think we all agreed with FSU, um, you know, pulling off the win uh, against Clemson this week. I think it'll be a very – I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'm not quite sure where Clemson's at right now. I still think that they're trying to figure things out. I think the only reason why it's going to be close is because it is in Clemson, um, which is always hard to play there. Um, I, I I did pick TCU. I see that um, both of you guys picked um, SMU with the with the points. I think TCU is fighting at this point to uh, to remain relevant, um, and it's it's at TCU. I think they'll they'll pull it out. You can. Well, talk it's a, a big bit about- it's a big rivalry. The SMU's coach left and went to TCU. Yep. I looked at the way SMU played against OU and and how well they played against OU in Norman. I like them getting six points. Don't necessarily know if they win, but I think they will cover. All right, and then uh, we both we all have Texas A and M. Now uh, the Bama misses um, Ole Miss uh, game. Now I actually, if this was played at Ole Miss, I would have flipped my my pick. Um, I don't think Bama's going to lose another game that quickly, um, especially at home. So, think, and again, I- it could be close enough that it's within the points. That's that was my only concern. Is you know. Can they beat them by a touchdown? And I think that that's what it's going to be as a touchdown. I think Lane. I think Lane is like a bad rash for Saban. He just won't go <laughs> away. He's like a bad. He's like a bad case of the shingles. I can't stand I think, Bama though. So if they lose this game, I'll be extremely. I happy. mean, uh, who? When's the last time we've seen Bama switch quarterbacks out the way they have the last so many weeks? I just. I think Ole Miss is. Uh, I think Ole Miss is primed to do something big. I like Lane Kiffin and his history at Saban. So. I'll take the I hope six I'm wrong. and a half. Yeah, I I'll hope take I'm wrong. I definitely. So uh, this is the reason why I pulled it up because we were just talking about Colorado and Oregon. Um, so I am I am taking Colorado with the points. I don't think Colorado's going to win, um, but you know, for them to like to lose by more than three touchdowns was a little iffy for me. Um, now I don't think Colorado's defense is quite there yet. Um, I think that their offense is um, obviously a lot better. Um, so I think that trying to go toe to toe with with Oregon, it's going to be offensively, and whether or not their defense can hold it close enough for long enough to stay within those um, to stay within the points. But I do have Colorado, you know, covering um, or Colorado with the the points. Um, I don't I think actually, Oregon can could cover that much. I think that we've always felt that the weakness of this Colorado team was their offensive line and their defensive lines. I think their it offensive this, line is not. I great. think it showed this week. Um, I think Oregon, you know, they made let's let's face facts. Colorado State's quarterback looked like a possible Heisman candidate with the way he played. 
Um, I, I just see Oregon being that much more talented. And I think it's without Hunter, I think Hunter's a guy that, you know, he's like that, you know, he's like sauce. He's like these guys, you can put them on one side of the field. And I know everybody talks about him playing both ways. And I think a part of that is, you know, yeah, Dion gets him to catch the ball on offense, but really a lot of that is some of the, the Heisman hype and all that. But I also think he's a top 10 draft pick shut down corner. And without him out there shutting half the field down, it's going to be tough for Colorado. All right. And we all have the same for um, Oklahoma State. Um, the Wyoming game, I'm actually surprised that we all th- that all three of us picked um, Wyoming. As of right now, they're they're two and one, but they actually look pretty decent. So it's fun watching them. You know, I I, I think probably because, um, you know, Josh used to play there. It's the only reason why I, I kind of pay attention. <laughs> but I mean, I'll be realistic. Um, I watched I watched two of their games this year, and I've I've been impressed. Um, I was hoping the two the games. I was hoping the goodness you said it's because you like the uniforms. No, I mean they're all right, but the they're first brown uh, and yellow, the, they're god awful. Yeah, I know the the two um the two games that they won, I watched, so um I feel bad that they lost the the other game, but um you know Washington State. Again, um, I was definitely going to pick them just because uh, where we differed was um, the Notre Dame-Ohio State. So Notre Dame and Ohio State are the two teams that I hate more than any other team other than Florida State. So I am um, – I hate I hate Notre Dame. I hate Ohio State. So um, I hope they beat the crap out of each other um, back and forth, and it, it's the worst-looking game. Uh, it's, you know, 3-0 at – going into the fourth quarter. Um, I just, I hope they both look terrible and they both start dipping down in the, in the rankings. Um, but with that being said, I just feel like Ohio state's still trying to figure a couple things out. Um, so I think Ohio state is still going to win. I just think that it's going to be by three points. So that's why I took Notre Dame with the three and a half. I just like Ohio state's overall edge at athleticism from top to bottom. Um, Notre Dame's got good players. They play good football. Um, they're known for their big physical offensive line. They're tight ends. Um, but I just think that they sometimes struggle with some of the elite uh, athletic teams in college football. I think Ohio State right now is one of those. And if the quarterback can just play a decent game. Settle down. Yeah, I mean, just like, play a decent game. But with that being be said, if Notre Dame's corners can actually have a good game against the Ohio State wide receivers, um, that's going to show a lot. So because Ohio State, they're still so questionable right now as a quarterback play. Yes, he's played better the last two weeks, um, but not to me. It's it's against worse competition. So um, he just hasn't showed me uh, what you know, he's capable of yet. And I hope he figures it out because I really wanted Marvin Harrison to have a great season. Um, cause I feel like he deserves it. He balled out last year and I just want to see him keep, you know, keep that going. Well, I see everybody saying they want Marvin Harrison jr. In the draft. You better hope you don't yeah. get him Cause if you do get him, that means we did really bad the rest of the season. Cause he's going to be a high round. Or <laughs> like I said, last week, Ohio state continues to look bad and Marvin Harrison doesn't get the ball as often. And he says, screw it and decides to sit the rest of the season. And he falls in the draft because. Of that. How do you have time to think of these scenarios? I don't even, you know, I, it's a I, long I just, flight. 
going back uh, and forth. You should yeah, imagine Mike, what I'm going to think about going to Washington this weekend. Micah Parsons sat out the whole season. It didn't hurt him very much. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't drop in the draft. In the draft. Yeah. No, I don't think he's going to drop. I think he'll be top five easily. Uh, right. to, honestly, top three. Depends on how many quarterback needy teams there are, because there's you know three potential quarterbacks that will go off early as well. Spin said we're going to trade Elam to Arizona for their first round pick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love I the positive thinking. Happen. I no, don't think that's going to happen. Um, but they would we trade did, you Kyler Murray first before they traded you their first yeah. round pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, no one wants that that dead cap. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he could, I I would love to do whatever we could to get Marvin Harrison. It's just we don't have the the assets in order to do it. What we would have to do in order to try to move up to get him would be impossible. Here's a question, and and, and this isn't a this isn't a a criticism. I have something real quick. Matt says I still like college football, just can't devote the time to watching it live. If you're an NFL fan. How are you not a college football fan? Yeah, I because have a lot of people that say that. I have a lot of people that, that oh, say Joe, it. Joe Miller, Joe, the voice is, he's the number one guy. He's like, don't like it, can't stand it, never watch it. And I'm like, yeah. but how do you it's... not watch it when these guys are the ones that come and feed your team? Yeah, I think it's hard. Number one, I've, I feel like the more, the more people I talk to about it, um, there's so many college football teams. So if you're not – if you're not attaching yourself to someone you watched when you were a kid or attaching yourself to someone <laughs> that you went to college, you went, actually went to college. Touche, um, Matt. Very, very true. I'll give, yes. I'll give you that. Very yes. true. You have, yes. Matt Touché. said he's too busy with Buffalo rumbling. <laughs> so I get it. Um, but to be honest with you, um, you know, I, growing up, I, I watched, I watched Syracuse. So it was hard right. for me to choose to go to, the University of Miami over Syracuse because I felt I felt guilty. I'm like, we're gonna play Syracuse because that was back in the Big East. You know, um, I was like, this is gonna be difficult, you know. And um, so I've always, you know, you you pick one team and then you kind of just like to to pay attention to what <laughs> else is going on. I don't think most people sit there and watch um a lot of games. I, you know, I'm I'm right. usually traveling a lot on Saturdays, so I'll watch obviously my Hurricanes game. If I can't watch it on television or be there, I'm watching it on my phone. Um, and then, you know, I've I've jumped on the Colorado bandwagon this year. I, I enjoy watching them play, so I'm going to continue to watch them play. Um, and then usually I, I'll watch the games that involve the teams that I hate because I want to root against them. <laughs> you're just a giant. You're just a giant conundrum, Sarah. I'm a, I'm a hater a little you're bit. You're just a giant conundrum. You I'm can't conundrum. stand Florida State, but you will ride with the most famous Florida State alum of all time over and over again. Well, I think Dion the like the the difference there is like I mean that it's it's obviously been years. Um I'll be honest, growing up I couldn't stand Michael Irving. I couldn't stand him. Sarah, and who's he's the like, head coach of the Oregon Ducks? Who's the head coach of the? I don't know anymore. I mean, it oh, used wait. to be it's somebody different. It used to be. Mario I was going to say it used to be Chris. Like yeah, it used to be my it's, coach. It's, it's Lansing now. It's the guy that was a DC for Saban at Alabama. So, or Lanning or whatever his name is. Yeah, I was going to say it used to be you know the the University of Miami coach. But um, yeah. Anyways, so when it comes to Dion, like I I loved him as a player. I couldn't you know obviously couldn't stand Florida. I I didn't watch Florida State back when he played though. 
same thing with Irving. I like um I could not stand him, but I also didn't watch him play at the University of Miami. Uh he to uh, me he was a cowboy, you know, like anyways. So I digress. I'm not a conundrum. I'm just I've <laughs> I've I've developed over the years. I understand. Well, hey, <laughs> if you want to be a part of this, I don't know if, if people can jump in now just to do it if yep. they want to join in. Yep. Uh where's the link, Sarah? It's under the line to gain on Twitter. Um, so okay. just go under it's, it should be the last one. I think I have it pinned. So um, you guys could just click on the link and, you know, sign up. It's just to, you know, yeah. test your knowledge. It's, good, and it's a lot of fun. It gives us a chance to talk about the big us. games yeah. of the week coming up and, you know, show our picks, talk about things. And we'll always highlight the one or two big games of the week, obviously and, this week. And just to, to show you, I'm circling so far. I am still first just to let everyone know with my picks. Well, I'm going to say what Matt said that I just don't have time, Sarah, to study my picks all day long. <laughs> I'm running around the hospital, you know, trying to help yeah, you know, save the world one rotator cup there at a time. <laughs> so um right, anyway, guys. but hey, we got games on tonight. There's a college game. Of course we got the uh Giants are taking on who are they got? 49ers. The 49ers. And uh you can watch my guy Nick Bosa. Uh, one of my favorites in the league. But anyway, we appreciate you as always. And um, join us next Wednesday. And we'll be back here at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. More lines again on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She's Sarah Larson as always. One love and go Bills. Go Bills.